And a really good litmus test is if you had an extended layover for say 36 hours and you had, had an evening in that person's city, would you call that person up? Because if it is truly a partnership, you're probably working closely enough with them that you'd hang out casually. So maybe it's go for a drink, maybe it's dinner, at the very least call them up. But if you're working that closely with them, that you'd be comfortable doing that, it's probably a true partner versus just somebody that you're with. Welcome to the Partner Programs Podcast. Here's your host, my dad. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Partner 2020 where we hear from experts on both sides of the channel relationship on what's working in this new decade. Today, I'm joined by Lucas Walker, Head of Strategic Partnerships at Gorgeous.com. Lucas is a serial entrepreneur and e-commerce veteran who is now handling strategic partnerships at Gorgeous. If you're not familiar with Gorgeous, it's a multi-channel help desk for e-commerce, which has been growing at astounding rates due to, in part, their focus on strategic partnerships earlier on. In this episode, I wanted to speak to Lucas about these key aspects of his role, discovering what your partners really want, what it takes to sell into an influencer stack, what a true partnership looks like, how to identify who your actual partners are. I want to hear about a strategy Lucas uses to break into the key partner counts he is after how to use podcasts and other interview mediums to find and intro yourself to new partners, and finally, maintaining the steering wheel, so to speak, in the partnership itself. Without further delay, let's hear from Lucas. What's going on at Gorgeous today with partnerships? Give us the lay of the land, what types of partnerships you're after, and what types you specifically are dealing with in your role. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I normally see the the shameless plugs for the end, but we are hiring uh, more partner managers in 2020. So if you hear this and you are looking to make a move, don't be shy about getting in touch because what I'm about to start talking about, we're actually going to be dividing into a couple of different roles to really allow us all to focus on really doubling down on our strengths and really maximizing what we can get out of partnerships. So with that said, uh, what, what are partnerships at Gorgeous? And I, I think that partnerships is something that a lot of people talk about, a lot of companies talk about is having a partnership, but what does that really mean? Are you working together to win a client and you're going to share that, that revenue? Are you referring one another? Are you just generally helping each other out? And so we really categorize partnerships at Gorgeous into a few different buckets, influencers, affiliates, agencies, apps, and events. And the same partner can fall into multiple buckets. So a great example is one of the agencies, EtherCycle, headed up by Kurt and Paul. They have the number one podcast for Shopify, the unofficial Shopify podcast, has over a million downloads. So in this case, they're an agency that happens to be an influencer, but they could also be an affiliate if they're using if they mention Gorgeous in an episode and they do the write-up of the, the the episode or just a general blog post about customer success and e-commerce then we can see them as an affiliate. So the same partner could be in multiple buckets, but really what is the core of their business? So how do you define that partner by, by how, what they, how they really identify? And that's really something to get out of 
uh, that's really a takeaway is ask your partners what motivates them and what they're driven by. If a referral commission is only a small part of their business, they may very well care more about their billable hours that they can, can lift up, or maybe they don't necessarily care about either of those. They just want to know that they're constantly recommending the best in class software. So different partners will have different needs and different motivators of why they're working with you and bringing you on board with their clients. That's a great synopsis. So looking at the type of audience that that potential partner deals with and the types of business structure they have today to figure out how you're going to work with the partner and what sort of incentives to come to the partner with. And that will help outline the strategy, but also the um, the progression of who you're going to go after first in what way, shape, and form you're going to approach those people. And in your background, you know, you've done a lot of work with sales influencers with John Barrows and working with him. I mean, how has that helped you to be more strategic on the partnership side, being uh, right there next to a big influencer like John Barrows? Yeah. And I mean, we did a lot of partnerships with uh, with various companies. And one of the reasons for us was we knew we were having impact on the bottom line of some, several companies, but, and the reason that they, they chose the, that they, their clients chose them was that endorsement from, in this case, an influencer. And my background in e-commerce, I've really been privy to the rise of, uh, of influencer marketing as we've seen in the direct-to-consumer side, starting back in about 2013, 2014, where you could just either pay someone to post to Instagram, say 50 bucks, make a thousand bucks worth of sales, or just send them product and again, generate sales. What we're seeing now on LinkedIn, whether it's uh, getting people to even appear on your podcast, getting people to share that article, share that white paper, people are a little bit more aware of what their value is. So in that instance, working with an influencer will be different than working with say an affiliate who's more traditionally just revenue, revenue, revenue driven. So for, for Jay Barrow's sales training, it could be working with someone who has a blog post of the top 10 sales. It could be working with someone who's a blog post of the top 10 uh, sales trainers in the United States, and we're getting a link back to that website. And that could be uh, paid to be on that website. It could be a referral commission. It could be a mixture of both. And so there's, that's one big difference between an influencer and say an affiliate, whereas that the influencer is a lot more campaign based versus an affiliate, which is, which is a lot more on an ongoing basis with Jay Barrows. And what I learned working with partnerships, there was really aim to have a partner who's aligned with, with your values. So in our case, it was finding the best service providers, finding tools that we were comfortable recommending and the same thing, uh, gorgeous. If we're working with an influencer, we want them comfortable recommending Gorgeous as the help desk for e-commerce. We don't want them just recommending us because we pay them more than the other than the other sponsor. Because long term, that's just not sustainable. It's not good for their audience, and it's not good for for our bottom line, which is why which is why we're doing it. Awesome, and this is a a really great way to take the discussion because I think it's it's very uh, it's very interesting the perspective that you have on partnerships coming from that world and that environment. So talk to me and talk to the listeners 
about you know some of the the key differences of going into an ecosystem where you worked under as an influencer versus maybe a typical consulting sales consultancy business that would look at uh, the product a little bit differently than you guys did when you were at Jay Barrows. Talk to the people about selling into an influencer versus a typical sort of large MSP. Yeah, so I mean, with an influencer, I mean. And we see this at Gorgeous a lot too, where there are quite a few influencers in the e-commerce space. I don't want to sound too arrogant, but you you do have to be best in class or at least best at a few things. Otherwise, nobody's going to recommend you. No influencer recommends things based on price. And if you're so if you're not competing on price, what are you competing on? For Gorgeous, it's a lot about automation and e-commerce. So that's how we can work with some of the top e-commerce influencers to show this is how we automated all this and no dollar for dollar we might not be the cheapest on the market but um when it comes to the cost per ticket resolved or what it takes to resolve a ticket we are going to be the most efficient and it actually ends up a little bit uh, a little bit cheaper. So, okay. So going along those lines, so I'm selling uh, Gorgeous into uh, an influencer stack and that influencing agency that you mentioned that has the podcast. You guys are in e-commerce. This is the largest podcast in e-commerce. If you can be their go-to, their exclusive even uh, customer support SaaS. You obviously can have some big wins in the in, in the realm of both affiliate link traffic, you know, the, maybe the first right of first refusal on, on various event co-sponsoring stuff that you can do with that agency. And then obviously the referrals that uh, that come directly from that agency's ground team. Yeah. Now, I want to back you up. Uh, something that you just mentioned, which I think is something that's very overlooked in partnerships, which is really working together as true partners. And a partnership, if you're just doing a blog post together, it's not really a partnership. It's working together on mutual clients. It's doing things like you said, sponsoring uh, a podcast of a partner, sponsoring an event, working together on something bigger that you both know will benefit you and has a lot of intangible benefits. So I think that that's really uh, key uh, for, the, for your listeners is really identifying who your actual partners are. Someone that you might say, share, uh, we do a lot of private dinners. So someone that you would co-sponsor a dinner with versus say, uh, just jumping on a webinar together because there's people that you work nicely with and play nicely with in that ecosystem, but it's a little bit different than a true partnership. And even then, maybe you have a, a great, very deep tech integration, but on the actual partnership side, you don't really do too much else together. I mean, in theory, we have a Zendesk connection that will import all of your tickets and, and macros and everything. So it makes switching over to Gorgeous very easily. I don't think they would like us calling that a partnership. And quite frankly, it's not a partnership, even though there is a technical integration. I agree wholeheartedly. It's one of the things we harp on to make sure that you are working in hand with your partners to do, and speaking towards the agency relations specifically, but to do what they struggle to do. They struggle to market and they struggle to sell themselves as an agency. So anything that you can bring to the table from you know the budget standpoint, co-marketing, co-selling, some of the event stuff, all of that stuff is super valuable to these partners. And it does create, you know, it's it's a true partnership versus if you're just an affiliate link on one of their blog posts 
or you're just an integration on one of their pages. I don't think that's a partnership. I agree with that. I think the partnership comes when you two are working together and collaborating on something tangible that is an event uh, people focused sort of uh, endeavor. So I really like what you said there. And a really good litmus test is if you had an extended layover for say 36 hours and you had, had an evening in that person's city, would you call that person up? Because if it is truly a partnership, you're probably working closely enough with them that you'd hang out casually. So maybe it's go for a drink, maybe it's dinner, at the very least call them up. But if you're working that closely with them, that you'd be comfortable doing that, it's probably a true partner versus just somebody that you're working with. That's great. I like that a lot. Would you call them up if you had five, six hours and you're able to get downtown? Yeah, maybe it's a drink, maybe it's work out of their office, maybe you invite them to work out of your office. You're not offering that to everyone. You're really, truly only offering that up to to partners that you work with. I love that. I'm going to add that to the notes. So this is good. So this discussion, you know, it's, it's going down a route that I really like. And it's A, how do you define who is an actual partner for your company? And how do you with them on that basis of partnerships. You know, it's not binary, cut and dry, you do this, I do that, but it's really creative, it's fluid, it's collaborative. If I follow you correctly, those seem to be what you consider as the best types of partnerships or what you can bring to the table as a partner manager, you know, building out those key partnerships and leaving strategic partners on the brand side off the table for dealing with people one-to-one. We're talking about influencers, we're talking about affiliates, we're talking about agencies. These are the people that you want to build relationships as partners. So if we go down that a little bit deeper and we talk about breaking into those best partnerships that you mentioned. So, you know, it's like creating a new friendship and a new relationship with a person in general. Talk to me about some of the strategies that you've deployed when you have an audience of potential partnerships. And that could be an audience of maybe five key accounts that you really want to break into. They may or may not know Gorgeous from a product level. They definitely don't know Lucas. What are some of the ways that you've been able to penetrate some key accounts um, and uh, obviously get into the really good ones that you really like? Or what are some of the things that you are planning to do uh, to break into those key accounts? I mean, first off, if they they don't know me, I'm not doing a very good job of promoting the podcast that I host for Gorgeous, e-commerce swipe file. Shout out to some of our guests, Patrick and Eric. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. But when you're doubling down on your best partners, be very honest with yourself. And I've fallen into this trap myself. Am I allowed to swear, Alex? Do we have the explicit rating on an Apple podcast or should I keep it PG? Yeah, I can do explicit rating per episode. So swear away. So, so here's a growth hack. If you're going on a podcast, go for the only explicit one. So that way, just the, the big red banner draws people's uh, attentions to your episode. Having said that, um, something that I've fucked up is focusing really hard on partnerships where I really like the person, but it wasn't driving the results that we needed. So in one instance, we have a part uh, partnership. I'm going to be very vague and possibly even throw in some red, ha- some red herrings here because I, I don't want to identify them, but you know, they're an e-commerce agency. They work with our ideal customer profile. They have quite a few clients. So it's not just like, one or two, but ultimately at the end of the day, everything that we do, every initiative is really to drive more clients and more revenue. And if you have a partner who's not driving that one KPI, that one single 
metric that drives your business. I know for Shopify, it's merchants who get one store. For Pinterest, it's people who do one pin, uh, that one true key metric. And a lot of times it's a partner who'd refer that first deal. And once that goes smoothly and that partner is really happy, but really what you need to focus on is that one key metric that drives that partnership. So if you're doing, if your role is strictly for using partnerships to grow your organic audience, is that partner sending traffic to your blog? Are they helping get you downloads on the podcast? Are they driving what you want? And then in this case, if they're not driving revenue, spend your time focusing on someone else who maybe on paper doesn't look like the best fit. Maybe it's someone who does a lot of affiliate marketing, but they have a huge audience that you can really work with and tap into. So don't be afraid to have a really honest look back. And as we record this, it's the uh, the 3rd of January. This is kicking off a new decade here. Go back and look at last year. Who actually moved the needle the most for you? And work with them even more. Set up a reoccurring meeting. Go visit their office. It's don't be afraid to go visit in person and really drive that home. Do a lunch and learn so that you're in front of more people and more people at that company know you and know those internal success stories and those mini case studies that you have together. Awesome. And I want to sort of unpack those that that partner managers can deploy for themselves and, and uh, maybe some steps that we can give some takeaways. So, you know, let's talk about the content route. You know, podcast is a medium, but what is a podcast? It's an interview where you're highlighting something that that influencer, that person, that guest can bring to the table. What it does for you uh, and me and anybody else running podcasts when you do interviews is allow you an easy introductory medium, uh, some kind of a hook to get that person onto a call and to really learn what's going on in that person's world uh, by way of an interview, by way of a really key interview. So it doesn't have to be a podcast. It could just be um, you know, a Q&A for a blog post. Uh, but talk to everybody about sort of the strategy for deploying a interview-based introductory strategy using podcasts, video interviews, blog post Q&A, any of that sort of stuff. What is, what is the, um, you know, what is the methodology? What are some of the takeaways that you've had? You've been doing podcasts for a while, so you can speak more towards that. But, you know, what, do you, what have you seen this medium do for you from a partnerships perspective and any best practices that you can give anyone looking to do this to gain new partnership introductions? How to use podcasts for partnerships? I mean, the first step is that you have to have a podcast. And when you're first starting out, don't rely on it as a way to just open the door and get really, really good guests coming on. Start to organically find good guests that will set the tone of what happens on the podcast. So for example, if you have a podcast that likes to dig really deep into numbers and takeaways, have the first few guests know, know that going in. So they may be overshare what those metrics are so guests down the road know that standard that's set. Also, for the first few episodes, you can plan all that you want. But like the great philosopher Mike Tyson says, you only, you're, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. Maybe you find out that you like really, really long content or really, really short content. It all depends on what works for your audience. In the first few episodes, you just kind of want to launch with. So you have something in the podcast bank to begin with. But as you, you grow, I mean, absolutely use being a guest on, on the podcast to reach out to someone, especially if they already know your podcast. Even better is have them 
organically reach out to you to want to be on that podcast. And for partnerships, as you grow your podcast, it can be something that's a little bit more exclusive. Maybe not everyone gets to be on the podcast, and it's a little, little bit of an honor reserved for uh, platinum level partners or A-level or tier one partners, however you do that. Maybe that's something that's only reserved for them. And then finally, don't just look at podcasts as being a single item. We do a lot of podcasts recorded live at events, so we're tacking it onto there. We've also done audio only that's a copy of a webinar. So maybe you've done some gated content and with a with a partner, and then you turn that into a guest uh, podcast or a bonus episode that you throw into the mix. So you can really get a lot out of content, and no piece of content should be single-threaded. And even then, do a wrap-up summary blog post, and now you're giving that partner a couple links to their website for SEO and generating some link juice for them. Yeah, and the reason I mentioned this is because a certain percentage of our audience may be used to plugging into the traditional channel of like implementation partners and MSPs, et cetera, where it's all about your product and, and how well you're integrated and all of the things that you don't control as a partner manager. And same with us as well. I mean, a big play of it is how we integrate with other tools within the e-commerce ecosystem and so many apps. Well, building out an integration or a product feature just to say they have it when it's it's kind of trash. So when we do an integration, for example, let's just take Shopify, we're integrated because we're pulling so many data points out. We're not just building that integration to check another box and then drive you to a new tab. It truly is is an integration. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and you know, to the partner managers that don't have all the product side benefits that, um, you know, Gorgeous has, obviously, and Lucas has a Gorgeous, you know, being being really strategic about what you do have. And maybe it's purely money. Maybe that's all you have is just a, a good budget and you don't have everything on the product side. Understanding how you're changing the conversation from just, hey, I'm going to give you this money. You're going to promote my product to, hey, we're going to develop something together that is going to unfold our new partnership. And maintaining that conversation as a partner manager, I think it's very tricky, especially the partner managers that don't have that product that stands alone. Lucas, thank you so much for the time. I'm looking forward to hearing all the success that you and the partner team have with Gorgeous. If you are interested in a job, check out Gorgeous's job board. Is that uh, linked in the footer? I assume it will be, and those will be online probably by the time this podcast is published. Yeah. If you Google Gorgeous Careers, send me a message, uh, send Phil on our team a message, just say that you're interested. We love people that show a little bit of hustle. So very biasedly, I look very favorably upon people who uh, contact me personally when applying for a sales job. Oh, love it. All right. Well, thank you so much, Lucas. Hopefully everyone got what they needed out of this episode and uh, look to Lucas's podcast if you are in the e-commerce space, growing an e-commerce brand highly actionable tips on uh, how to scale your e-commerce. Awesome. Thank you for the shout out. And if you've made it this far, you probably like Alex's partner podca podcast. Make sure to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It'll help Alex out a lot. I don't want Alex to be here uh, shamelessly asking for reviews, so I'm going to do it for him. Leave him a five-star review. If you're on a date or something, just borrow your partner's phone say, Hey, look, I'm not going to look through your text messages. I just need to leave a review of this awesome podcast and subscribe to them as well. I love it. Awesome. Thank you so much, Lucas. I'll send you the final version when this is done. Been a pleasure as always and enjoy your weekend. Absolutely. You too, Alex. Take care. Bye.